Hello and namaste, ladies and gentlemen. Today I have with me someone who personifies experience and excellence in all aspects of clinical research. Brandy Chidestra, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's Excellence Spotlight. Thank you um, so much. You are one of my colleagues in the clinical research space who straddles both the technical as well as operational aspects of clinical research with aplomb. And this is an area where one's span of experience, right? Keyword, span of experience, truly is the key to excellence. But at the same time, to somebody like me, clinical research is both art and science. You're an engineer by training. Mm -hmm. How did you stumble into this arena? Well, uh, such a good question. So I did start in engineering, as you noted, in mechanical engineering. And I had co-op jobs actually in the fuel industry and the auto industry. Uh -huh. And my last year of college, I took a couple tissue engineering courses and fell in love. I thought, okay, mechanical, strictly mechanical engineering is not for me, but you start applying it to, you know, flow of blood through a vessel or mm -hmm. some of these properties of biomaterials, I'm, I'm really excited. So I decided to go to graduate school. And I pursued my master's degree, and uh -huh. and that, and that was really good for me. Um, taking the biomedical courses, I took some anatomy then my senior year to you know catch up. And um, after I got my master's, I had the opportunity to go work for an engineering company here in Cleveland, and it was a small company. I was their first female engineer, which I was pretty proud of. Um, and I worked on a polymer that was developed in a lab by one of my thesis advisors. So it was very nice networking, you know, able to get that job. We did some preclinical research. Mm -hmm. I worked um, mostly in on the bench, but then I had some exposure to animal studies. And those were, you know, overseen at the hospital with IACUC, which is similar to an IRB in mm -hmm. human subject research, and really enjoyed that. Um, but I still hadn't heard of clinical research per se. <clears throat> Uh, we were preparing, we were trying to think about how we were going to progress to the next level. But what happened was one of those conversations with an acquaintance, like, what is it that you do again in your job? And, uh -huh. and she was a clinical research associate and explained what that entailed, which is visiting the research hospitals, overseeing their work, making sure they're following protocols, FDA regulations, applying them appropriately. It sounded really cool. So I thought... <laughs> I'll, I'll apply. And fortunately, there's a medical device zero here in Cleveland, and I was hired in. And that was the start. The rest is history. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. You know, you really had me at mechanical engineering, and then came tissue engineering, and then came materials. Maybe we should redirect this conversation towards wishbone <laughs> suspensions. And no, I'm just kidding. Just, just kidding. But wonderful, wonderful, wonderful pathway. So let me ask you this, you know, to build up on what I just heard. Um, what aspects of your educational training, educational background, and overall work experience have allowed you to be successful, have allowed you to have a successful career in clinical research? Because I see that you stuck with it. So <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, it, of course, turned out to be quite a good um, path for me. So what I learned in engineering school, you know, everyone would say, oh, engineering school is so good because they teach you how to think. And I didn't really appreciate that at the time, but I really do think that that critical thinking and that process um, way of working through problems, um, 
that has allowed me to be successful. When you work on, you know, no two protocols are the same, devices are very different, but the the tools you have are the same. And so how do you apply them in different scenarios, I think is, is part of what makes it fun and part of how that engineering degree really kind of helped me in this arena. Mm-hmm. I mean, very often, unfailingly almost, whenever I speak to somebody with an engineering background, they talk about that training, how the training has held them in good stead, regardless of whether they're currently doing an engineering job or not. So there is something to be said about that methodical technical training that we receive in school. So given that you had a very strong technical background, right, what aspects of clinical research came easily to you by virtue of all that training that you've had technically focused? And what aspects did you have to really work hard to attain, retain, and eventually master? So uh, similar to what we talked about, you know, sort of the critical thinking and problem solving pieces mm-hmm. came easily mm-hmm. once I had the foundation, once I understood the regulations, how how to apply them and, you know, sort of why, the why behind what we're doing, um, the mm-hmm. reasons behind. The parts that were hard is um, for anyone who's made the transition, they probably already know this, but there are so many acronyms in clinical research. <laughs> it, it could CRF, be a language on CFR, its own, right? CFR, IRB, yeah. EDC, yeah, all these things. And it, it, yeah. it took a, a while. We used to actually make a glossary for mm-hmm. team members when they came in, if they were new. Um, so that was definitely a piece is just getting in the lingo. And mm-hmm. then um, That's so true. similarly, going to hospitals. I mean, that this was a bigger hurdle and a real hurdle <laughs> reading hospital charts and um, to Mm. date myself, they were paper charts when I started and handwriting is a thing. It was very hard to read and and even understanding some of the abbreviations in the hospital records. Mm. They're a little bit easier to read now, but it's still difficult to, as an engineer and a technical person to understand the clinical side. So I think um, what I learned pretty quickly was how to leverage, you know, my expertise in the regulations, the protocol, sort of what we have to do and then leaning on the site for the expertise in patient care. And then together, you know, we could work through solutions and making sure, make sure we were compliant and the patients were protected throughout the study. Wonderful. Makes a lot of sense too, especially the whole acronyms. When I started, to me, it was this entire new language that people could speak and you'd not get anything for sentences on end without exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Brandy, tell me, what are some examples of achievements of which I know there are multiple, but what are some of the achievements that, you know, you wake up every morning and these are the examples that keep you getting excited every day and spur you on to achieve that much more every single day? The the easy answer is, you know, seeing devices get approved, mm-hmm. um, knowing that, you know, I reviewed the records for that study or, you know, I worked on that study team or had some some piece of of that product making it to market um, definitely is a is an easy answer. Mm-hmm. But then other pieces are just the teams that I've worked with over the years, the relationships, you know. Um, making sure that people have that good foundation and that understanding. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are challenges, you know, there's everything needs to be done so quickly and we have a lot of timelines to meet and there are some approaches that, you know, are a little bit faster and, and maybe don't take the time to think it through. And I just, I feel that's something that I have, you know, to bring and to contribute is really always taking it back. And it's the, 
do it right the first time mentality, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, <laughs> and, and I really enjoy working with other people and helping to teach them and, and mentor. And that, that's one of the things I really enjoy about working in a CRO because we get to work with so many different types of companies and we get exposed to so many different ways of doing things. And it helps really keep my mind open Mm -hmm. that there's not just one way to do things to listen, you know, and to contribute, but also to help give that why behind, you know, this is why we're doing this. This is why I think this is a good idea and always taking it back to the regulation or the guidance or the standard, you know, that's behind it. Stay ready so that you don't have to get ready. That's just, <laughs> that that makes so much sense. And it, it really resonates with everything that my mother used to hammer into me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Brandy, as I hear you talk about your background, right, and your path to a successful career, multiple items stand out, right? Obviously, a very strong technical background is always handy, and it primes one for success, and it has in your case unfailingly, once again, right? Furthermore, qualities like mm, attention to detail, the ability to adapt, the wherewithal to solve problems on one's own feet, right? Adaptability. I find myself saying this for a lot of my colleagues, but it's true. And then the ability to build teams, nurture relationships with clients, all qualities honed over time, both as an individual contributor, as well as a team player, right? All of these together have ensured that you are well-versed with all aspects of running clinical trials for a multitude of technologies. That's what I'm getting when I, when mm-hmm. I hear you talk. And that's, that's no mean feat. Kudos to all of that. Brandy, I wish you continued success at RQM+. And I tell you what, it's an honor and a pleasure to have discussed your career. And good luck for all that's to follow. Thank you. Thank you so much.